0: Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast. I am Billy Emboddy. Shay Dixon is here getting this podcast podcast out to you guys right before the U.S. takes on Iran here in the World Cup. So hope you guys uh, enjoy that game and then enjoy uh, the podcast after you guys get done with that, maybe to and from wherever you're watching it at. But lots to talk about on this podcast Uh, And we're going to lead off with kind of the bad news and then go through it and reset everything for you guys with the transfer portal heating up, a big target uh, deciding on Thursday, as well as maybe LSU finally getting that positivity from me on a five-star prospect. So, Shay, we're going to talk about all of that. Let's lead off. Uh, We talked about three guys who could be flipping away from LSU on last week's podcast, uh, and we saw... Two of those dominoes drop, uh, and two, and they were both on the opposite ends of the flipping spectrum at the time we recorded the podcast. So let's lead off with the one that was most likely to flip. Uh, and, and we saw the first domino of that fall with his decommitment. Joshua Mickens, the four-star uh, edge prospect out of Indianapolis, uh, decommitted from LSU this week. He's fresh off that Ohio State official visit. Seems like this one is going to trend quickly to the Buckeyes down the stretch here.
1: Yes. And I will, well, we'll sandwich some good, good news in between um, the news of, of guys, uh, maybe not so good news on the recruiting front uh, that most people already know about. So not a big shock here. Uh, I will say we got a reply from, uh, I was tweeted at, from Brent uh, at Brent, a Morgan love the pod. However, Shay, you need a better computer, faster internet, internet, or a better mic. And I think he's hitting on the better mic. I can confirm I have sent over my mic request. It has been ordered. I will have a new mic by the next pod. So good news on that front for everyone who's tired of listening to me talk through what I believe is just picking up on my Logitech camera. Uh, Now, moving housekeeping done, moving on. We were not shocked by the Mickens news, Billy. Um, You've caught up with Mickens plenty throughout the process. We've talked about this on the site. Mickens has talked about this uh, before, but... Over the past year, in the past year, I should say, his father passed. Being close to his mom wasn't a make-or-break thing. But when you're from Indianapolis and Ohio State comes offering a month before signing day and you make a visit there and everything checks out, it's not a surprise to see him flip. Now, he hasn't flipped yet. He's simply decommitted. He put out a very nice statement about LSU, thinking Brian Polian and Brian Kelly, who had both uh, been at Notre Dame and recruited him and now doing the same at LSU, obviously, taking his commitment. Um, Gave a shout out to the fans and uh, said, you know, I appreciate everyone for kind of backing me and being on board with me being committed, but now I'm going to reopen things. So unless I've missed it, unless it happened in the past, like morning, Billy, I guess he's still not committed, but all signs are pointing to Ohio state.
0: Correct. Yeah. Nothing that I've seen so far, but yeah, we are expecting him to pick Ohio state. Maybe he's letting the dust settle. Maybe he's seeing if there is another closer to home option that pops up, but all, all signs do point to the Buckeyes winning uh, that recruiting battle. We also saw Duran Reed, uh, four-star, top 50 prospect out of Carver High School in Georgia. Uh, as soon as we got off that pod, you spoke to a source uh, who said, uh, hey, sound the alarm. Uh, and then the next day, we caught up with sources, and the alarm was still sounding. Something wasn't right uh, with him. Uh, he had been communicating with LSU. He was communicating throughout this kind of process, but Auburn had really made its move here and made its move swiftly and definitively uh, to flip him away from LSU. I didn't have a pick in, but we updated it on the site shortly, you know, kind of after the podcast within 24 hours, we had uh, notes up on uh, what kind of this his status was and how we expected it to play out. And sure enough, by the end of the weekend, uh, he had flipped to Auburn. This is where, you know, somebody that, you know, can play closer to home. I don't think that was the big part of it, but he's certainly, you know, a nearby prospect, just 30 minutes, 30, 45 minutes or so away from Auburn. Uh, We saw the buzz happen with Hugh Freeze being hired. Uh, We've seen Auburn gain commitments before they even got Hugh Freeze to the podium. So it's not just Deron Reed. But a big NIL package from Auburn, who really hasn't been a player in that game in the last year and a half, they've been stockpiling and they get Deron Reed to flip from LSU.
1: I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that NIL played a factor either. That's just where you're at in the modern era. And I'm not sitting here saying that Auburn will outspend LSU for every player and um, anything of that nature. I just know with LSU, it's the NIL approach and package, whatever you want to call it is more of a long play across your time in college of different opportunities you'll have all of these different kind of um, whether it's connections through lsu or exposure you'll have or whatever it might be and it's very similar to what Bama's doing what ohio state's doing what kind of georgia has been doing to a large extent people will point to a and m last year and say there's got to be some middle ground between not spending and spending everything. Of course there is. I think that's the middle ground is what a lot of programs are operating through right now, including the ones I just mentioned. I think in the emergence of Auburn, Billy and Deron Reed, who we're talking about was committed to LSU flips to Auburn. And as you noted, he had been at Auburn a bunch all year. He lives basically think, you know, Hammond to Baton Rouge, shorter than Lafayette to Baton Rouge of where he lives compared to Auburn's campus. But Auburn didn't even have a coach and he committed. So there is the reality that there was a pitch being made beyond just here's what the staff looks like, which they had no clue what the staff will even look like at that point. So I'd, again, there's middle ground. I think LSU's operating it. I think Auburn is trying and we've seen it now in the past week to make a splash for some guys that are from around their neighboring States that they can get on board that had visited before and kind of light a spark to the start of the Hugh Freeze era. No shock. So better for LSU to find that out right now before the portal opens and before signing day gets here, than you know, him flip on signing day.
0: Yeah. And I'll I'll note one thing too. uh, Cadillac Williams is being retained by Hugh Freeze. He's going to be associate head coach. He had been, you know, one of the guys recruiting uh, Deron Reed there, but you mentioned NIL, you mentioned, you know, things beyond the staff. I got a text from a source uh, within the SEC after it happened and said, Look, the South Georgia boosters for Auburn sometimes, they are no joke. Uh, it, it is kind of open season. Auburn is going to go and try to make a splash here. They're, they're a school to watch down the stretch for a lot of prospects. And, you know, you noted that on the board. This isn't just a LSU problem, and it's not a problem. It's just a reality where there are some schools that are circling a handful of commits at an Alabama, at a Georgia, at a wherever, especially in the SEC, they're saying we're going to make our run on those guys and try to make some fireworks happen and go off. Auburn was one of the schools to get that done with Duran Reed uh, early on. And we're not even in December yet. This is going to be one of those roller coasters between the portal and high school recruits making those final decisions and those final official visits. the The roller coaster and the ebbs and flows, as you like to say, of recruiting are going to pop up in a big way down the stretch here before the early signing period gets underway.
1: Oh, in a big way. So we'll see what Auburn does. And look, LSU, people also say, are we going to finish with the dud? We'll talk about some guys here in a minute in the 23 class. But, you know, do we finish with a banger? Are we going to go scooping up a bunch of kids? I've said it before on the podcast. You don't want your class to hinge on scooping up kids around signing day. You'd like to be in the mix for a handful, which is what they are. Desmond Ricks, who we're going to talk about. Toviana, we've talked about plenty. Um, Really nothing new on that front. Nicholas Harbour is taking it to the signing day in February. That's fine when you chase guys like that. You don't want to go into signing day with 15 commits and hope that you can land 10. So we'll see how signing day goes for them. Um, but again, but with the portal, I think being open December 5th, that will tell us a lot about how they can fill needs for next year. And then hold on to this class, at least what you've gotten so far. Try to add a few, and they'll be more than fine. Uh, we'll talk about kind of where they rank and maybe how they make them finish at the end of the pod. Uh, I guess another quick housekeeping note, Billy. Let's jump to 24 for a second before we get back to an important piece in 2023. So for next year, Sterling Dixon, no relation, is uh, committing to a school, what, LSU, Auburn, and Bama, I think are his top three. Um, I don't know if he's told us anything different than those, but has visited LSU a ton, speaks very highly of the program, the coaches, uh, visited these other programs plenty was at the Iron Bowl this past weekend, he's going to announce on the 1st. I know this is for a far time away, so even if you get a kid like this, you've got to hold on to him for more than a year. But we're leaning in-state, staying in-state. I mean, it's tough to get Bama kids, especially if Bama's got them on campus right before they're announcing.
0: Yeah, four-star linebacker, kind of an edge, a tweener, quite honestly, especially with him coming off the junior season. He's still got a year of developing to go. Sterling Dixon, a four-star edge prospect, top 100 prospect on all three. Uh, is going to make his decision on Thursday. Uh, you alluded to it. Tough to get kids from Alabama that either of those programs really, really want. Both of those programs really, really want Sterling Dixon. I would say the Tide have a lot of momentum right now coming off of that visit. Uh, spoke to a source close to Sterling Dixon, and, and that's kind of the feeling I got. Uh, it's a feeling we've gotten talking to sources. But we'll say this, and I'm not saying LSU is going to go out and flip a kid that either commits to Auburn or Alabama uh, from Alabama but he's still going to take visits from my understanding. He's still somebody that all three programs are going to recruit and watch how he develops because I'm in the believer belief that he can be an edge prospect, but he's rated as a linebacker. He got switched to that earlier this year by on three and a couple other recruiting services, I believe. So his development is going to be one to watch. And I think he's got a good path that he's going on. Where is he going to play at the next level? Will that impact where he ends up uh, when he kind of goes through these visits, watches things unfold? So live coverage on Thursday, Sterling Dixon going to announce. Um, we will not be adding you know, or, or we don't think at this point we'll be adding another Dixon that we'll, you guys will have to really monitor on the site, I guess. But yeah. uh, a long way to go on that one. Uh, so at least check it out. Who knows? Maybe LSU surprises and um, reels them in. On the good news front. Spoke back to Smith.
1: 23. Let's get back to the uh, – we're, we're a month out from signing day. We can't put too much focus onto uh, juniors in high school right now.
0: Absolutely not, which is why we're going to talk about one of the highly – most highly recruited guys left out there in the country, five-star cornerback Desmond Ricks out of Ooh. IMG. He is set to check out Florida for his official visit this weekend. He'll go to Alabama next weekend, and then he will go to LSU for that last official visit before signing day. Coaches will go in home with him and his family now that he's going to be back in Virginia uh, with his whole family. He had been down at IMG for school and football. He is rolling into this month, I would say, an LSU lean from what we've heard. And this isn't necessarily new, but the information that we got, and we posted on the BengalTiger.com, which if you haven't picked up a subscription, go check it out. A dollar for a year and you get the Bengal Tiger Founders Club hat. People have been jumping on board and picking those up. DM me, check on the site. If you need to uh, claim your hat, there's a thread on there. If you can't find it, we'll bump it. We bump it every couple of days and you can get that ordered in time uh, for uh, early signing period and, and uh, the holidays to wear around. Desmond Ricks is somebody that I've been a little worried about and still am. There's a long time to go until December 22nd when he announces his decision, but I did get some better information about hey, look, here's where things stand with the pecking order in NIL, which I think is a big piece of his recruitment. Jordan Arcemo has done a really good job on LSU side of things. Robert Stevens, Brian Kelly, the whole staff, he's been on campus a bunch. He's also visited Florida and Alabama a bunch. Right now, I, I do feel good about where LSU stands. Uh, official visits are still left to come uh, with all three programs, and there are pitches that are going to be made, but LSU sitting in a real good spot based on what I heard about the NIL package centered around Desmond Rex.
1: I think LSU fans love hearing that. I can argue that you can't – Um, I don't know. Defensive tackle's are an important piece. I can argue that he's the most important recruit left on LSU's board. Uncommitted right. prospects out there. And I know Toviano, Nicholas Harbour, Isaac Smith, uh, who plays safety. Toviano plays DB, can kind of go in between corner and safety and – Harbor being a tight end DN and type of athlete prospect. None of those to me are as important as corner defensive tackle is very important. I think they need some depth there beyond Wingo and getting uh Mason Smith back next year. It's, it feels like he got Guillory. And then, uh, you know, even then you don't know what you're getting from Guillory in a post and Roy world. Maybe he raises his level of play some, um, but we haven't seen anything from the rest of the group yet. So defensive tackle is important. I just think after they went, transfer portal heavy on corner. They don't have any of those young guys in the, I mean, Terrence Welsh is a guy we can mention as a boundary corner and you can see maybe what he can do for him next year, but you don't know anything about Demarius McGee and Ray Darius Jones. The Only two guys you brought back from the Orgeron era at corner don't play this year, any corner. It's just been all of the transfers. So those transfers got you at least one extra year. Seven banks will probably be the only one who's still sticking around because of his injury that allowed him now to come back for another year. I know they have corners in this class. They don't have any as good as Desmond Ricks.
0: Yeah, and he's an early enrollee too. So wherever he goes, and if if it's LSU, he can get in there, add some weight, add some mass. He needs to do that. Um, But again, you you talk about adding a talent of Desmond Ricks. Very, very important. And I think perception-wise too, this is a guy you're going head-to-head against Alabama and Florida. Corey Raymond, who reeled in Kamari Wilson and has had his fair share of recruiting wins. Uh, And he's an
1: IMG, which is a tough school. You know, everybody recruits IMG. So even to get into a final three is kind of tough to do.
0: Exactly. And it would be a huge statement for LSU to beat Alabama, especially head to head, not only on the field, which they already did, but in a battle where, look, Bama was in it for Marconi McClain. They didn't get him. Desmond Ricks, another huge type of prospect that, look, LSU with this new era It would make a huge statement with where things are headed they have a top 10 class right now i think with the defections i don't know the exact ranking but you know they have three five stars committed things are on the right track but to get somebody like that during the early signing period to announce would be just so massive Um, and then he would factor in right away uh, for playing time too so that would be huge yeah
1: i just think as i as i look at the roster rebuild that's in front of brian kelly and the staff Corner was like issue number one a year ago, and I almost think it is again now. So we'll see. I think it'd be a big pickup for him. You'd obviously – you want to get back to recruiting those freshman, high school, high-level cornerback prospects. Desmond Ricks would be a great way to kind of start that. And you've got some other guys, obviously, in this class that can help build that initial foundation and go from there. So, yep, as you said, he still has Bama, Florida, or I don't know what order that's in, Florida, Bama maybe. But then LSU last for his official visits. That's three big weekends at three different SEC programs. A lot can happen. But I feel like, and you wrote a a breakdown on the site, so I won't spoil all your info there. But uh, the sense was that if we felt like LSU led going into these visits, we feel even better about that right now.
0: Absolutely. So we'll see how they close it out with Desmond Ricks. The transfer portal, though, just about starting to pick up. We're seeing guys declare their intentions. To enter the portal, we've seen FCS guys, which I don't think LSU will be too involved with guys there. Um, but we've seen Kyle uh, Morlock, tight end out of D2 um, shorter college, enter and pick up an offer from LSU. But the FBS portal window opens on December fifth. Jay, you said it on the board, uh, and you'll say it again on the podcast. We don't anticipate guys entering really before the SEC championship and kind of taking away from nah. that. But we think it'll be a pretty active. Uh, time for LSU, both in the acquiring new talent and probably some guys that make sense uh, that'll move on after this season. So we don't know the whole picture just yet. Who's going to be gone, how that's going to affect roster numbers. But just looking at it, and, and I think I know one of your answers here, your biggest needs entering the transfer portal right now with that window opening and where LSU stands with everything.
1: Um. Yeah, you got to go back to corner. Um, as maybe number one, if not defensive tackle is certainly a spot you need to find some depth at, um, losing to Ron Reed, obviously, uh, is a guy you thought could kind of play a little bit early on and then be a real player for you on the interior with him flipping to Auburn. That makes it a little more paramount. I don't think they're going to get like a Jordan Hall type of guy. You know, he's talked, he visited LSU, but he's talked up a lot of schools. We'll see ultimately where he ends up. I think they need to find it through the portal. So I'd rank DT. I still think they need tight end help and obviously they do too. The only portal offer they have out is, as you mentioned, um, Kyle Murlock out of shorter university, So he's a tight end. Those three, I guess would be big for me running back. I I know people are monitoring just because it got real short on depth here at the end, but you still have to see what John Emery and guys like that are doing. If you're getting everybody back um, and you bring two guys in, you might be fine there from the signing class. I also think they'll go best available, Billy, at a number of spots. Like if, If a very good safety or a wide receiver, whatever you know, someone pops up and it makes sense, you go after them. And Brian Kelly said this, that in terms of the current roster, he said a lot of that they did during during the bye week. They got a feel for who may go, who may come, um, or who may stay, all that. Then he said after SEC championship. so basically starting December 5th, he said we now have to juggle the portal opening, exit interviews with our guys leaving, guys entering the portal. signing day being recruiting being on the road going in home with kids there is a number of things now that because you have an early signing period coupled with an actual transfer portal window that's happening simultaneously while also remember billy they lose a week right now everybody else can be out there recruiting lsu and georgia in sec championship and same for the rest of the conference championship teams you're just focused on the team right then and prepping for the game you're not going out on the road all week to recruit so That's a lot of things to juggle when it comes, but I think they already have a very good feel for what their. in fact, I know they do, of what their kind of pecking order is in terms of, all right, if these things happen that we think, if we finish with this signing class and, you know, the guys we have, and if these guys leave the roster as we anticipate and these guys stay, what do we really need and here's the positions and and here's what we need to go ahead and figure out, identify immediately – I think I said this on the podcast last week too, Billy. It'll be a lot of starting Monday next week, the 5th when it opens, every team just has someone in there refreshing the portal and you watch all day. And that takes me back to best available. If a big kid pops up, you go after him. And maybe quarterback could be a little different and it's kind of, you only go after someone if you really feel like you need it, but it'll be interesting to see kind of who all drops into the portal. Maybe not even at positions of real need, but if they maybe have a Louisiana connection or something to where, they feel like they need to get involved. I don't know. It'll be. I don't know how fun it's going to be for us to cover, but it, maybe it'll just be fun to see looking back on
0: it. Yeah, and not to mention that once these kids go into the portal and they can really recruit them, you're dealing with coaches on the road recruiting portal guys as well. They're going to do in-home visits. They've got official visits. They can bring them in on. It's going to be wild on that front too. Um, I would agree with you. I think corner huge need defensive tackle. Um, you know, most likely a really big need there. And then I, I still think I think wide receiver would be an underrated one. We see a lot of receivers go into the portal. We see a lot of receivers um looking for new homes, looking for new opportunities, guys that have skins on the wall. We saw it last year with Jordan Addison. Uh, I think this upcoming season or this upcoming portal window uh will be kind of a telltale sign for for what the market looks like with transfer receivers. You're going to lose KeSean Butte. you lose some veterans. And I still think after you know, watching this kind of group this year, they need to inject, you know, maybe a a portal ad there, somebody that can take the pressure off of a Shelton Sampson, uh, a Jalen Brown, if he does, in fact, ink with LSU, which we're hearing good things, a Kyle Parker, Kai Creon, all those guys to kind of develop. I mean, remember, Terrace Marshall, who was coming off his injury, but especially Jamar Chase. wasn't Jamar Chase when he first, first walked in the door and, you know, you saw the talent, you saw where it was going, but it wasn't like he came in and was a 1200 yard receiver. It's a hard adjustment. And so adding a veteran receiver is something that I would do. And it comes down to best available. Kind of the same thing you were talking about. If you get the opportunity to do something like that, I think LSU does it. Um, and I think that's an underrated kind of position when looking at the the portal needs. It's probably not talked about enough. And we've seen some big names already kind of enter. Dominic Lovett uh, from Missouri, Missouri. Um, some other guys with St. Louis ties. Uh, you know where a Robert Steeples could get involved like he did with Makai Wingo, uh, guys like that. I think Jamar Kane with how he's recruited nationally in the past uh, could really get involved with some of those guys, especially at defensive tackle um, across the country. We'll see names pop up. Um, obviously, ton of uh, rumor mill around Texas A&M, of course, um, which has kind of died down a little bit since last weekend, unfortunately, but that's still a program that we've seen guys enter the portal or announce their intentions and there's going to be some turnover there can LSU capitalize it capitalize on it with the right guys will be something to watch uh and and we'll kind of see where it goes from there
1: yeah I also want to point out one thing that will be interesting to watch LSU took as many transfers as USC Ole Miss the those three took well more than anyone else in college football a year ago you saw it pays off for them too um Ole Miss had a great start to the season they stumbled down the stretch but Uh, USC playing great LSU winning the West playing for an SEC championship beyond Tyler Steen. Correct me if I'm wrong. uh, Tyler Steen was a Vanderbilt offensive tackle. He visited LSU, uh, ultimately went to Bama and started there this year. I think they signed 16 guys out of the portal. I can't remember anyone other than Steen who they really got in on that they didn't get. So you feel like they're being selective to a point where if they actually do get in with a kid, They feel very good about their chances. They feel good about the fit. Um, A number, probably half that group was from Louisiana. So I don't think they're just going to be throwing around offers and getting in there with every kid who hits the portal. I think it'll be a very direct approach to what positions they need, what kind of guys they want, where they might be from. Um, But it'll be interesting to watch. They won't take as many as last year. We know that. Uh, 25, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me back myself up now. I've been saying twenty-five commits for a while now. I think they're down to twenty-three. Twenty-three yeah. commits.
0: Yeah, uh, way to let people down there, Shay. Uh Twenty-three. My bad. Where they're at. Uh, I, I would bad. say we've talked. I see anywhere from eight to twelve, depending. Portal on, guys. Portal guys. Depending on. That's
1: a that's a large number for me. I bet it's seven to ten, but I don't know for sure.
0: Yeah, little little overlap on our numbers there, but I, I would say this: there are guys that maybe surprise and enter the portal or go, go pro. You know, I think McKay Garner is a guy that has, you know, one more year indications are at least, and we post, you know, posted this on the board. He could very well turn pro, you know, he, he, he's somebody that has played a lot of football. He has tape out there. He had a decent season could just go try his hand at the pro ball. I don't think so. Huh? Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me, but are I think like the, good I thing with the staff is they probably during this week have had meetings and have had these talks with players and kind of gotten an idea of what their plans are after SEC championship with the window or have already gauged their interest in trying the pro waters. They'll have a really good feel for this roster. I think that's one thing with the off field staff, especially that, you know, building the portal database and guys to monitor and all those things. It's part of their job they've got a real good feel for that.
1: Were you talking about, who are you talking about? Wingo?
0: No, Mackay Garner.
1: Oh, oh, when you said Makai, I thought you said Wingo. I was like, I think he's only a sophomore. You're scaring people, Billy. Yes. <laughs> Garner. I do think will go pro. I think he's the best corner they had this year. He put out more than enough film. I think to be between here and UL to have enough for an NFL combine and draft or whatever it might be. Um, but I'm okay. So I was wrong. 23. Obviously they've lost a couple commits. They are now number six. In the updated on three consensus rankings, Bama, Georgia, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Texas are in the top five. Florida on LSU's heels. um, LSU's got a little bit of distance on them. Then Oklahoma, Clemson, Miami to round out the top ten. So no major surprises there. It's pretty much your who's who. A&M's not in that group, which I think normally they're sitting at 17, would be a team that uh, can find themselves in that mix. USC the same, sitting outside the top ten. When you look at how they might could finish here, and we're not going to name names because we do that on plenty of pods and we'll do it in the future, but 23 commits. You know who's left on the board. You're getting a feel for what the top five of the top 10 looks like. I have said I think they finished somewhere between four and six. They're at six now. I am going to expand that to somewhere between four and seven. But I think that if they do land some of these guys late, we talk about a Desmond Ricks. You're more well on your way to being in the top, closer to four than seven. Not that any of this matters. I don't. As long as you've addressed your needs, you're happy as a staff. Fans love to debate the recruiting rankings. So Billy would say you, top four, top four to what? They're not finishing above top four, I don't think.
0: I have a hard time seeing them finish in the in the top four. I would say five to seven. I think Ohio State's got a chance to close some guys. Um, who knows what A and M does? Um, you know, with some changes and maybe some revitalization of that staff in College Station, and they can make a run and close strong. I mean, they're still after guys like Peyton Bowen, uh, five-star safety, who's teammates with Ryan Yates. The, that would be a major mover. Um, I would say anywhere from from I think five to seven, and I think that would be a really nice haul and okay. you know other schools are going to get more commits other schools are going to get more you know talent added um and and that top 10 kind of encapsula- encapsulates that you know that it's a group of schools that adds down the stretch you know especially I look at it in Ohio state so i would say 5 to 7 range is is probably where they're at i could see it being more closer to that 5 um and you'd have to be happy with that and and i, I feel like with the guys on the board they're big enough you know, shakers in the rankings that you could get to that five mark and be very, very happy with it.
1: Nope, I completely agree. I think they're in that range. It'll be a good class. And no matter what, you've got the portal to kind of go out there and fix patching holes you might still have or feel like you're going to have uh, heading into next season. So solid run. Look, it was a great year on the field in the regular season. They'll play for an SEC title this weekend. Recruiting is on that same trajectory. Um, You're recruiting with the best of the best. You're in the mix with a lot of big guys late. Uh, you've held on to the bulk of your class, obviously. Uh, only a couple of defections, so all is well, Billy. All is well, and I'll have my mic in, so all will be better. In fact, yes. now that I'm looking at it, I've got no mic set up. The ring light, which should I be actually on and on me, is just a prop here in the background at the moment. Um, yeah, I think it. I'm doing this. I'm doing this video podcast all wrong. I've got to step it up.
0: Yeah, I will. Well, next month,
1: next segment, I will sound great.
0: Yes, new month of December. The next time we will be chatting with you guys, the portal window will be open by that point. So a ton to talk about. Uh, and who knows? Maybe we're talking about the impact of an SEC title game win. We'll see if LSU can circle the wagons and beat Georgia. They've got a tough test this weekend in Atlanta. Shay Dixon and Matthew Rooney will be in Atlanta for that game. Be sure to say what's up to them. Show them your Founders Club hat if you've jumped oh, on yeah. board with your hat. Um, but... With that, we're going to wrap up this edition of the podcast. Let you guys all go get back to uh, watching U.S. versus Iran in the World Cup. Shay, thanks for joining everyone. Thanks for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe button on our YouTube page, please, and give us a uh, follow and share the podcast with whoever you think should listen to it. So, with that, for Shay Dixon, I'm Billy Mbuye. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we will catch you guys next week with another edition of the Bengal Tiger Recruiting Podcast.